bringing you the truth or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Rolling through your lunch hour on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Give us a call on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. Ben Porman will be the first voice you hear, and he will direct you toward Matt Estenson and Jeff McGuire as we sit here today filling in for Choice Woodman and Chris Need and Clint Scott because, you know, it's a weird day. And part of the reason it's a weird day, Matt, is because it's been a weird week. We had the Super Bowl Sunday. We had a 29-point win over Kansas. We had a Lady Raider absolute flop game uh, against Oklahoma State on Wednesday where at one point you trailed by 16 points at home to the team that was on a six-game losing streak. So, thoughts. Which one would you like to start with? Because we haven't heard you at all on any of these topics. We'll go with the Super Bowl. All right. So you want to go game, commercials, halftime, uh, overtime. Skip halftime. Skip halftime. I'm not a hater. I just, it's not for me. Okay, that's fine. Most halftime shows aren't, though. Like, I, that's not why I'm I, there. I, I'm not a, If you had vo- thoughts about the halftime, I was going to let you. I did. Air it was too grievances. long, just like all of them. <laughs> I don't like the halftime shows. I could have uh-huh. listened to Prince perform for another hour, though. <sighs> I'd have been okay with that. I didn't mind last year's, but again, like even like those are the guys I grew up with, like oh, sure. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, all them. But eh, I just I'm not there. I'm there to watch football. Okay. So let me halftime show all right. over. So uh game, commercials, uh uh overtime, post game. Where were you want to go now? Enjoyed the game. Okay. Didn't care who won. Didn't have a skin in it. It was more exciting that way, not being on the edge of my seat, like you know, curious. In my household I was the only one that was pulling for the Chiefs. And that was probably by default because everybody in my household was pulling for the Niners. So I was like, eh, be the odd one out. Um, I like seeing greatness, being a Patriot fan. Sure. I like seeing, you know, I hope Patrick goes off and, and wins three, four more Super Bowls, to be honest with you. I think it's neat to see what, what he's doing. Um, Curious to see how his career continues when Kelsey retires and um, really Andy Reid. I don't know if Andy will be able to hang on for, you know, the 10 more years that Patrick will probably still be in the league. Uh, you know, may, maybe I, I don't. I don't think so. I'm more worried about the post game, and this is something that has been bothering me since it happened. It happened about 48 hours ago, give or take. The 49ers fired Steve Wilkes, their defensive coordinator. I think it was a. I'll just say the word trash move. Um, by Kyle Shanahan to fire a guy that had their defense good all year. Some were calling it the best defense in the league or top three. Then they go into the Super Bowl, and you hold the greatest – sorry, back up, not the greatest – the best quarterback currently in the NFL the whole first half. You you had a good-sized lead. You held them to, I think, three field goals, something like that. I know throughout the game it was, I think, four field goals that Kansas City kicked. You did your job, and Kyle Shanahan goes off and fires him and saying he wasn't a good fit for the team. I think that was a terrible, the- terrible move when in reality – from what I saw, and I am no expert, I just feel like I watch enough sports, you have the number one running back on your team and you don't force feed McCaffrey the ball in the third and fourth quarter to kill the clock. 
the more times you passed it, the more times you're giving Mahomes the chance to get the ball back with more time, which is what happened now twice for Kyle Shanahan has lost a lead to Patrick Mahomes, lost the lead to Tom Brady because the same thing, you had a sizable lead when you were in Atlanta as a coordinator, and instead of learning how to play with a lead, you don't. You continue to do what you did to get the lead, and that's two different things. You play differently when you have a lead. You run the ball, you kill the clock, you take time away from the greats, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, to get the ball. So with all that being said, they lost a good defensive coordinator in Steve Wilkes that had that defense playing good. You did your job. Patrick's going to get his points. That's the same thing with with any great quarterback. They're going to find a way to score at some point. Now, the punt return that muffed, can't control that. I get it. But he didn't deserve to lose his job because you deemed him not a good fit when you didn't take accountability. And personally— Can, can I get a 30? Yes. Because um, this bothered me a little bit too when it happened. And I kind of did just enough research on this so that I felt better about it. From all signs, this wasn't because of what happened in the Super Bowl. They had had issues between the two of them throughout the season. Like, this was a not working well together situation from the what I was able to glean from uh, about two hours of diving into people reporting on it and describing some other problems. Like, it was, these two don't work, the, the two coaches did not get along. I don't. I still disagree with the firing. You, but it's the point that I'm making. It wasn't about what happened in the Super Bowl. It was about what was happening the, throughout the season. Up, the, like it wasn't one instance that led to this firing. If they won the Super Bowl, would he be gone? Uh, the way I understand it, yes. You think so? I do. I don't. Now and that's I, where I could I be wrong, problem. and we'll never know. That's right. But uh, like the way I was reading the the stuff that I was reading, I was like, oh, they did not like each other. This was, I'm, I'm trying to think of like a, another comparable situation where it's like oil and water do not mix, but they were working together for the season and it worked for the team, but it didn't work for the two together. Yeah. So I just don't think, I don't know if that helps you it. feel better about it or no, not. It made me feel a little bit better about it. Cause I don't think he would have lost his job if they would have won the Super Bowl. That, that again, we'll never know, but that's, mm-hmm. that's my opinion with everything that went on. I just, it really, it really bothered me. It, it I kind of, I don't know. I think as a coach, you 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 had the right coordinator with you, in terms of that defense. I think that that defense was, like I said, played great for most of the year, minus the the, the hiccups they had, you know, in the middle of the season where they they went on, I think, a, you know, a two game losing streak or something. But I don't know. That just bothered me. And again, outside of all that, Kyle Shanahan again proved he can't change how he calls plays when he has a lead. You have Christian McCaffrey. I literally, Run the dang ball. I literally remember watching the game saying, that like guy, I heard a blonde say that before. That guy never falls backwards. Hand him the ball. He never falls backwards. It was almost like a four-yard gain every time. I just I, I don't get it. Uh, quick thoughts about the Tech-Kansas game on Monday night. Domination. Man, that we talked fun, about wasn't that. It? Wasn't that fun? Domination. You, you, you had a, a great game. You had a, a, a solid team effort. Like I said, you never... You never saw the paint with with one rebounder going in there, and that that's what stuck out to me the most. I know you know, Pop struggled a little bit. Toussaint always, when you look at sometimes his box score seems to to struggle, but he brings such an impact to the game and such a, a physical toughness. Like it's, I think as a as a 
teammate of his, you're like, man, look, look, look at this guy that you know he he throws his body, but he plays with his body a lot. How'd you feel about the overrated chance? Worst chant in sports. Oh, is it? What's it saying? Well, it Break it down. It, you're overrated. That means us whipping you to death doesn't mean as much because you aren't actually the second ranked in okay. the country. So we're chanting, you're insulting yourself. I got you. Okay. That, I, 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 can, I, can get, I can support that. Like, uh, it's, not a, it's not my... It's the most, like, how would I word this? It is the most overused chant that is insulting yourself in sports. Uh, I am not a huge fan of the... Uh, the four letters one that gets used. Okay. Um, but it's also college students, and they're going to do that. I w- when I was a college student, I did that. Um, as I've grown up, I've realized that that's you know childish and stu- and stupid. Guess what? They are childish, and they are college students. Therefore, they are also childish and stupid. They're allowed. You are allowed to mature past that. I just wish we would in general. Okay. Um, now. KU sucks. I'm there all day long. Let's make that clear right now. Um, the uh, and it's really the only knock I have on the fan, but every fan base does it, and I just shake my head when it happens every single time. I'm like, you're saying what you're doing isn't as cool as what you're doing. That's what you're saying. Is this, this is a question probably for both of y'all. Is this tech team in the tournament? Oh, Seven games Bar- left, regardless, a, regardless. a massive of, collapse. Yes. Seven, I mean, seven games left. Barring a massive collapse. Second worst case scenario, one and six, are they in the tournament? I think two and five, yeah. um, depending on who the losses are. Okay. You know, like, I, you don't have to win Saturday to be in the tournament. But, but two and five gets you there? I th- yeah. You're... Barring a massive collapse, this is a yeah. tournament team. Well, and I think they are. I just, you know, there's seven games left, and I, I'm with you. I think that they absolutely make the tournament. There's there's really no questions to me. Coming up, we're going to find your Kaylee's Daily's Animal Fact of the Day. Uh, oh. Oh, this is a good one. Good one? This is a good one. Okay. I may, yeah. No teasing. It's a good one. It's coming up on 100.7 score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. One more with Matt Estenson. Estenson. I don't know why I'm struggling with that, Matt. I apologize. Because you're so excited about Kayla's Daily. I really am kind of excited because there's a th- <laughs> so there's some things in this that I really do greatly appreciate. Jeff McGuire filling in for choice women. Ben Poorman across the way. Slide, slide. Sliding slides, pushing buttons for us. <laughs> Sit me down now, Jeff. It's fine. Um, get your thoughts in on the H Flooring Center chat line at 107thescore.com or the 100.7thescore mobile app, which you can get for free at any place where your mobile apps are downloaded from. Really quickly, before I get to Kaylee's Dailies, I do have some kind of breaking news here that I had not seen until the show started today. But uh, are you looking for a new quarterback for your team? Am I? Yeah. I mean, have you seen the Patriots? We don't even have a quarterback. What about a former Patriot? Would you be willing to bring one of those guys back? Depends. 
Uh, Raiders quarterback Jimmy G is being suspended for two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. Policy is related to him using a prescribed medication while having a valid therapeutic use exemption uh, per sources to the NFL. And uh, it is looking like he will be being released from the Raiders as soon as possible. Yeah, I saw that as I was coming in, but no. No, thank you. We'll pass. You sure? Easy pass. Yeah. I mean, he's not better than what you got? Even missing two games? I don't want him. Okay. Let's do Kaylee's Dailies. Let's do Kaylee's Dailies. <laughs> Matt. Yes. Ben. Yes, sir. It is the first day of college baseball season, but there's another exciting event happening this weekend here in Lubbock. The 71st annual Lions Club Pancake Festival. And if you're a Lubbock local or me and just happen to really, really like pancakes, it's a fun little event. And uh, it takes place right over there at the, the Civic Center. Tickets are available at the door. And it's flapjacks, and it's sausages, you can buy bacon, all of it. And more importantly, Pancake Festival had Kaylee specifically thinking of one particular animal. Not the lion, for the Lions Club, you may be thinking, but the pancake tortoise. Pancake tortoise is a rare tortoise species found only in Sylvania and the scrubland habitats of East Africa, specifically Tanzania and Kenya. Pancake tortoises are one of the lightest and thinnest tortoise species coming in at a length of seven inches and only weighing about a pound. This light weight allows them to make speedy getaways from their prey, along with the ability to fit into small crevices due to their thin and flexible shells. Like a pancake, these tortoises possess thin golden brown shells that have small holes throughout them. Perfect for putting syrup in. These allow... Wrong pancake, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, these allow for their shells to be more fluid, flexible, and found in small places. Uh, unfortunately, due to its unique look and shell adaptation, these tortoises are highly sought after for illegal pet trade, causing deterioration among the species. The pancake tortoise. Okay. Not going to lie. Big fan of the Pancake Festival this weekend. Are you a... Pancake over waffle? No. Waffles have holes to hold the syrup. Waffles are better than pancakes. Ben, you? However, if I have the choice of not having pancakes or having pancakes, we are going to be choosing having pancakes. Okay. Let's not be stupid. <laughs> ben? Yeah, couldn't agree more. Waffle guy myself all the way. Yeah. I'm also like... I like Belgian waffles, but I would prefer the thinner plate size waffle as opposed to the 16-inch waffle. Oh, I don't know. There's nothing better than a thick waffle with butter and I enjoy them, but like when and... I'm thinking waffles, I'm thinking like a plate size waffle. Like the 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 very downtrodden place that is not in Lubbock that's got uh, yellow letters and. You know, the waiters and waitresses there can jump over the counter and knock somebody's teeth out. Okay. The, big fan of that waffle type. Okay. But, again, 
Waffles over pancakes. I got you. Now, the the tough question, French toast. Where do you put that on this list? Ooh, man. It's... French toast is... It's often forgot about when you make comparisons of breakfast food. I do like French toast, but I don't order it anywhere we go. Like, it's not something... I, my, my dad makes French toast almost every Sunday. As part of our, our breakfast, we typically have breakfast over there every Fair. Sunday. And powdered sugar? Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, he, he goes all out. He's even done, he's made biscuits on Saturday, lets them sit overnight, and then he'll make them into French toast the next day. Those were amazing. Uh, how much are the tickets and how long is the event going on? It's pretty much all day tomorrow at the Civic Center, and I think you can get tickets at the door for 12 bucks. If you know a lion, I think you can get them today for 10 but you have to know a lion. And... I mean, I'm sure I know a lion, but I don't know that I know they're a lion, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so I can't help you there. And Bobby Hot Dogs, we're going to have to throw down, brother. I mean, I appreciate oh, wow. a lot of the things that you have said on the chat line over the course of the time that you have been uh, enjoying the, the shows that we do here. And I do appreciate your participation. Waffles and pancakes are both crap. He's not invited to breakfast. Oh, it's all that problem. Yeah, yeah. Or he is, and I'll just take his waffles no. and pancakes. No, 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 I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, Kaylee. No, I got to get to IHOP for lunch. You say that like it's a bad thing. I, I'm, a short stack of pancakes for lunch, that's a good day. Uh, and then you can get pancakes again tomorrow at the Lions Club uh, Pancake Festival. So awesome. Like, if you are scared of uh, the long line, don't nah, be. It moves. Because it moves so yeah. quick. And they have got that thing down to a science. And in, you just want the pancakes and the sausage. You don't care who flipped them. You can get in and out of there pretty quick. And I say pretty quick because I'm going to get a couple of trips. Minimum. Minimum. There will be at least four pancakes consumed, if not six, tomorrow. That's, that's yeah, expectations. There's no, that, 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 that's the limit of, yeah. of the minimum. <laughs> like that's the, you know, that's the pancake minimum is there will be six at least consumed tomorrow. Fantastic event tomorrow. Uh, head out there, the wife, kid. There's entertainment. There's their food. You can buy bacon. Um, you name it. It's taken care. Of. It's fantastic out there. Go. What do you? Um, somebody did ask if we have done Timon and Pumbaa, because that was requested. Uh, not yet. Okay. We have not done Timon and Pumbaa yet. My guess is that is a theater coming next week. So I'm about to get out of here. So I want you're you're the expert on this panel right here. Uh oh. What does this weekend finish with Texas Tech baseball? If you walk out of this weekend two and one, no matter how your two wins are, it's a good weekend. It's a successful weekend. Uh, and if you walk out of here this weekend with one of those wins being Tennessee, it's a fantastic weekend. Um, Tennessee is a very, very, very good baseball team this year. There's a reason they're ranked in the top ten that they are. Number nine to start the season, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they've got two stud pitchers, and you're facing one of them tonight. Um, you get two and you, you, I could almost make the argument if you get one this weekend and it's Tennessee, it was an okay weekend, but I, I feel like Nebraska is winnable and I think Oregon's winnable as, uh, but I'm also a baseball fan and understand the fact that sometimes the pitcher just says you don't get to hit today. I'm sorry. You brought your bat up to the bat, to the box. You won't be needing it. The batter's um, box is closed the today. The batter box is closed today. <laughs> Please First come back tomorrow. Exist, come back tomorrow. Like <laughs> that can happen in baseball. So I'm never going to predict a sweep unless it's something like you know the Tech baseball team taking on us. 
for a three-game series, like the staff up here, they would d- destroy us. Would it wouldn't even be funny. If, we would not get the bat on a ball. If you're if you're picking to finish this week, Texas Tech sweep in baseball or they come home with a win at Ames. Which one are you taking? What has the higher chance to you? Oh, has a higher chance Tech baseball sweeping. Oh, I can't convince you for nothing that mm-hmm. this is going to be a successful basketball Here's the thing, week. Like the the you're ranked 21 in baseball. Yes. And it's the preseason poll where nobody knows anything. Nobody knows nothing. Um, there's a lot of good things you've got coming back for this baseball team going into this weekend. And this is an environment that you know. you're not. It's not too big of an environment for you. You, you guys are here every other weekend. Um, you're just not healthy for the men's basketball team. We haven't been healthy all year. Right, but the, you're a little less than even where you've been. Mm. It, I, it's such an uphill climb mm. for Iowa State that on Saturday that I'm just I'm hiding under the covers. I'll have the game on and I'll have fingers crossed and toes crossed and ankles crossed and anything else I can cross. I'm crossing everything trying to get a win. I'm and pulling for him. I, I got no good feelings. Well, which is kind of why I'm not trying to talk. I can't about fault it, you so for that. I've had plenty down. of those last year with with our uh, our football team. But all I can say for this Saturday tomorrow is I'm with McCaslin. We're oh get, sure, we're getting the win. I'm absolutely on board with the team. They are getting. I'm hoping the win. Wishing, coming, praying, drinking the thinking. juice, drinking the juice. Matt, thank you for coming in today. Enjoy the rest of your actual work day. Josh Falpel on his way in next. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. It is the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff McGuire in for Choice Woodman, Josh Falpel in for Jamie Lint, Ben Poorman in for Clint Scott. So, yeah, none of us are supposed to be here. It's really what it comes down to. But Clint will be here for Tech Talk momentarily. And I say momentarily, like, you know, an hour and 15 minutes. And he will be joined by Dr. Mike Gustafson. So those two guys will be where they're supposed to be. And I believe uh, Color Brown coming in to produce that show. So I think he's going to be where he's supposed to be on a Friday. So it's just another hour and 13 minutes of craziness, guys. But I'm going to make up for it. Two o'clock. I have a top 10 list. You're going to want to be a part of. That's all I'm going to tell you. It's going to be fun. I promise. Because I guarantee you have an opinion about it. One way or the other. Uh, that being said, something that people have a variety of opinions with, Dad Joke of the Day. All right. It's now time for the Dad Joke of the Day. Josh. Yes. What do you get when two giraffes collide? I don't know. A girafficity. A girafficity. <laughs> okay little clunky but it's clunky right. yeah there's there's no doubt that it's clunky um sylvester stallone went to his friends jean-claude van damme and arnold schwarzenegger to tell them about a new movie that he was wanting to make about famous composers sly says i'll be playing beethoven oh I know. van damme <laughs> says i'll be playing mozart and they look at Arnold, who says, stop it, guys. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> That's good. 
I, I figured I figured you weren't gonna say it, so I figured that was gonna be the joke because that would be that would be the it. yeah that would be good. Okay. You got one, Josh. Uh, let's see. What going off of your first one? What stops a giraffe stampede? What stops a giraffe stampede? I don't know. A giraffic jam. A giraffic jam. That sounds like a great like ni- early nineties rap album. Giraffic. Giraffic jams. Yeah. I think it needs a better setup, but I thought of it right. That works. Now, so. Who was the greatest financier in the Bible? Hold on. Can't stay quiet for too long, but um No, I, I don't have any Job. Also known as Job. Go ahead. Noah, he was floating his stock while everyone else was in liquidation. Oh. Okay. Uh, I got one more for you, and then uh, we'll move on with the chat line and and some uh, breaking news from the ballpark in Arlington. The wedding was so beautiful, Josh. Yeah, I mean, even the cake was in tears. Good. Good thought. Get your thoughts in on the 8th Sporting Center chat line, 107thescore.com or the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Uh, Bullfighter chiming in, Nebraska takes game one, four to one. Very good. That's a final from the ballpark in Arlington. Yeah, they had uh, taken a 3-1 lead over Baylor earlier, so Baylor starts the season Owen Wilson. Which is good for us. At this, these games for Big 12 standings don't necessarily matter, but anytime Baylor loses, it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, so I'm giving everybody a chance to do this, Josh. And okay. if you can, great. Um, and if you are completely in the opposite direction of me, fantastic. Okay. Okay. So this is not a I'm right, you're wrong type of conversation. I would love someone to be able to change my mind. Okay. Okay. Tech got a chance. Tomorrow at Iowa State. Does Tech have a chance? A chance. I'm like hiding under my covers, scared tomorrow. Where would you? Where were you? I'm a grown man. I'm hiding underneath my covers tomorrow. All the circumstances, like there was, I think player illness, player injury, and stuff that went through uh, Kansas. None of that in in the equation. Where would you have been, Tech versus Kansas? I mean, Tech versus. Oh, I was not feeling great about the Kansas game. Yeah, but. There's the element of playing at home. Sure. That it was kind of the, so you're saying there's a chance. That's where I was on Monday. And then you just absolutely blew the doors off the building. Yeah. Um, and that was awesome. I loved every second of it. But all of that is playing against you. Yeah. In I, this game on Saturday. I'm with you on that just because, like, if for no other reason, then obviously they're a top tier team, but also it's in Ames. And already an incredibly difficult place to win full stop. So it, it doesn't really lead into your favor at that. There's no home court advantage, obviously. And it's just, it keeps piling on as to what, you know, tech has to go up against. And I don't know if Ben has any better takes, but you know, you, I, I don't think it looks great. I think I'm with you on that end that tech has an uphill battle tomorrow. And I, I, I don't know that you see 29 points like like Kansas. No, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. But double digits. Sure. 
I like like, nine, like if you told me it's a fifteen point loss tomorrow, I could completely get that. Ooh, I would like, like nine, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I, I, I you could see it, like, yeah, like, I see, see that it. would happen. I thought like nine, nine, eleven points, uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with it. I guess I don't have a better, I don't have a better view. I have nothing to comfort you with on that. You're not helping. Nope. Because I, I need not. some comfort. The thing we can say. Maybe I need Southern comfort. Maybe that's the problem. And, and and maybe I would feel much better about the game if I was enjoying that kind of comfort. That's a definite possibility. Yep. The thing that Tech does have going for them the is a win off of Kansas where build whatever you will off of it. And uh, you got to feel good about that kind of win, just generally speaking. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Big 12 basketball People are beating up on each other left and right uh, in terms of basketball. And you're going to have losses. I think how, – how many losses are you giving Tech by the end of the season? Do you think this is, like, one that you, like, quote-unquote, afford? Like they Oh, afford yeah. This, like, we're – like, okay, so I think I plan- keep – I have been making a point this year to remind – Myself, sure. if not also everybody else within the sound of my voice on this radio station or the other one that I'm on every day, that where you started is light years for where you are now. Oh, didn't Tech go into conference play 0 and 8 or something last year? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I you, mean, like, factory last year being the jumping off point, changing your coach, having half your roster leave the the complete dumpster fire that was yeah and to have this kind of turnaround while i do not anticipate it happening if you went over for the rest of the year that would suck but it would still be an improvement over last year Mm -hmm. like i cannot tell you how impressed i have been with grant mccaslin's staff and how this team has bought in and all of those things and i've said it a hundred times because i'm still impressed by it yeah and and nothing that happens on saturday is going to change how I feel about this season. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you on that end as well. I don't know that there's anything that ha- as long as things continue, as long as you know progress keeps happening, good basketball keeps happening. I really don't think there's anything that happens between now and the end of the season where you're still not talk. Where we're still not talking about what seed Texas Tech is going to be in the tournament, uh, barring a massive collapse. Yeah, yeah, like you know, as long as over. Yeah. I think Ofer, you're probably not in. Sure. One, I think you're on the bubble with one win. I think two wins in your last, like two and five. I think it's there's seven games left. You're a lock. But at, at least point. pacing, you know, keeping yeah. pace. You want to be in the, in the neighborhood of where you're at right now. Uh, and listen, the Big 12 has beaten everybody up. Sure. And the, the conference winner is going to have five, six losses. That wouldn't shock anybody the way this conference has gone. And no one is ever going to lose bonus points for losing in Ames. Nobody. Yeah, that's true. Everybody loses yeah. in Ames. It's like playing in Lawrence. Everybody loses there. That's kind of what happens. When people come to Lubbock, you're going to lose here. That's how these facilities are done and have that kind of reputation. Um, so, yeah, Saturday's game, I, I'm, I, I'm scared, man. I'm I'm a grown man and I'm scared. I'm not scared of spiders. I'm not scared of snakes. I'm not, heights. Iowa State scares me. It's not nice. Coming up, promise you're going to enjoy this. 
Top 10 list on the way. Bringing you the truth or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. It is the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, the 100.7 The Score mobile app. You can give us a call on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973, or post to the Yates Flooring Center chat line at the website or on the mobile app as you see fit. I'm getting to this quickly because I guarantee this is going to draw some conversation. Are you guys ready for your top 10 list? Yes. Gentlemen. Okay, now hold, before, you, audience. before you start, uh-huh. uh, okay, actually, I'll let you read the list, and then I have a statement. Go ahead. You want me to do the list first? No, I want you to tell what the list oh, is. Oh, the list title is. Yeah. Okay. Your top 10 list today for Friday, February 16th, the top 10 WWE finishing moves. Yes. Okay, there is one move on here that deserves to be on this list. I, it, there's a possibility it won't be on this list, and if it's not in this list, I'm going to be livid. Okay. That's all. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Some honorable mentions. I will give you these very quickly so that you know they are not in the top ten. The Walls of Jericho from Qu- Chris Jericho. Good one. But... Spear from Edge, specifically. Okay. Interesting. Uh, the Batista Bomb from Batista. Yeah. Spear from Bill Goldberg. Yes, good. Choke Slam from Kane, which is... My favorite. Okay. And the go to sleep from CM Punk did not make the top 10. I don't think I ever... CM Punk is a little past my my watching days. Okay. So, gentlemen, coming in at number 10, the Swanton, the Swanston bomb from Jeff Hardy. Good one. Flying yes, off the top good. rope. Feels like that man flew for 55 feet. And I know the, the, ring, the, the ring isn't that big. Phenomenal. No issue. Then one of my other favorite finishing moves comes in at number nine. From Rey Mysterio, the 619. Yep. Fantastic. Good one. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Number eight. Never really, like, enjoyed this one, but I get it. It is very iconic. Sharpshooter? The pedigree from Triple H. Not about it either. I got an issue with this one being at number seven. Okay. Only because it's this one as opposed to the other one. And when I mention this, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. Rock bottom from the rock coming at number seven. I would have put this as the people's elbow. Uh, okay. But that's I think, not a, people's elbow is not a finisher though. I think it's probably where they. And he kind of used them both in that realm of the finishing move. The rock bottom set up the people's elbow as he, they get slammed in the center of the ring, and then we get the people's elbow, yeah. and that finished the match. Okay, so he, here's where I'm at so far. Fine list. Because these are where these are at, I the move I'm talking about I know is not going to be on this list. Okay. I'm livid already. Okay. Number six from Shawn Michaels. The Sweet chin, chin music. music. High kick, kabow. Impressive Good night, kick. Gracie. Number five. Very iconic for this wrestler. 100% the F5 from Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. Number four. Attitude adjustment. John Cena. Mm -hmm. I like like his... um, It's kind of in the same realm as the people's elbow. It was like the the rock bottom. The five knuckle shuffle. Yeah. I mean, again, 
the attitude adjustment, it, you know, it, it's the fireman's carry that he doesn't slam it. Like I got no issue with that because yeah. that 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 is really really good. But we remember the yeah. Boom. It, that's just how it goes. It's if fine. the ankle lock is on this list, I'm throwing out this entire list. Well, that's kind of what CM Punk is. It, it's kind of. He's got the – it's the reverse. It's not just the ankle lock. He's got both legs. Okay. Uh, rap, not CM Punk. The Walls of Jericho. I'm sorry. Yeah. Where yeah. you got both legs bent and you got the guy bent over and back and mm-hmm. he's trying to reach for the ropes. That was that. <laughs> I know all of these off the top of my head. I should, wow. Number th- three. I think I don't. Everyone will look at this and be like, "Yeah, that walk away at number three. Austin. Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin and the Austins, uh, the Stone Cold, the Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Stunner, one hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Walk away. Yeah. Number two, probably the one more people have done. Usually into a pool or into a ball pit or something along those lines. How the RKO oh, yeah. from Randy Orton, which is just fly up behind somebody and yeah. drag them to the ground. Let's. And number one, Ugh. something that is probably illegal. I think it's actually illegal now unless he comes back. The Tombstone Pile Driver from The Undertaker. Okay. Because it's such a dangerous move for yeah. the neck injuries that uh, it has been removed as a possible move in the WWE. But that's the list. Top 10 WWE finishing moves. What is yours, sir? Livid. Livid. Uh, uh, Obviously, he did not make yeah. the list. Uh, Bill Goldberg was recognized because of the spear, which I get, but the jackhammer is one is objectively one of the coolest finishers in in wrestling. You, can, I mean, hit like, uh, yeah, lift them up as if you were doing a full suplex, and then like into a into a body slam, basically. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's incredible. Like the, yeah. Anyway, livid. Ben, favorite got, WWE finishing move? Got quite a few. Um, these wouldn't be my favorites because my favorite was already mentioned, even though it, the pedigree. No. Uh, oh, okay. The attitude adjustment. Mm. But I would really love to say the submission maneuver that Cena liked to take the leg, kick it back, and bring his arms across the face. I think it's called the STF. Mm-hmm. That would be my favorite. But growing up during my time watching the WWE, I would say the Great Collie's vice grip. Oh, that was a good one. Umaga's Samoan spike. <laughs> Rikishi's move should have been on there. <laughs> like, from hell. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of Rikishi. Yeah. I yeah. adored Rock Bottom. That might have been as a well. bit before uh, Ben's time, but Rikishi is uh, oh, it's hilarious. Oh, That's number one. The steak face. Yes. Um... Oh, okay. So I'm recovering now after the Rikishi. I'd forgotten about Rikishi. Uh, I also loved uh, uh, Can You Dig It, Sucker, with yeah. the Spinneroni. Loved the Spinneroni. Um, R-Truth, I, I thought he was always fun and always entertaining. Like, he might not have always been, like, the best wrestler, but he was always entertaining. Yeah. Uh, um, Scissor Kick is a good one from Booker T, one of my favorite wrestlers and stuff. But it's not. I don't think it's tops, but it's a, but it's a good one. The... Uh, I'll also say the, and some of the silly ones, like the absolute silly ones are some of my favorites because there's no way this should work. Like Mankind's. Like uh, Mankind's Sock or uh, what's his face's snake. Santino's Cobra. Yeah. None of those should be, none of those are anything, 
but they are in the WWE, yeah. and that's what makes them fun. And I think enough of those balance out with with the more athletic ones, like the F. Like, say what you will, the F five is just one of those. Du- if someone did that to you, yeah, you're not getting up. Right. I'm just gonna stay on the ground now. One of the ones I'm surprised. Maybe it's just because it's Chris Benoit, but uh, the Crippler Crossface. Uh, I'm surprised that one wasn't on there either. Again, maybe just because we also Chris got Benoit, Sting's but. multitude of finishers. The Stinger yeah. Splash, yeah. Scorpion yeah. Death Drop, Scorpion Death Lock. He had so many. Yeah. I think can, but when you have a long career, you can do those kinds of things. I think he diminished his his reputation a lot by how long he stayed in, though. That might have... Uh... I uh, really love the Tombstone Pile Driver, Razor's Edge, Figure Four, and the Perfect Plex. Oh, Michael from the Ranch brings in a whole list of his own that we will get to on the other side. What's worse than a half-hour discussion about the most overrated NFL organization? It was 15 minutes. A top 10 discussion on the WWE. Well, not for everybody, man. Diamond Cutter, Yoko Drop, all coming in off the Yates Learning Center chat line. Get them in. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff in for choice, sitting alongside with Josh and Ben. And uh, are you ready, sir? It is time for you... You may be right. Exactly. To tell us, what, give us a chance. Or if we're right or if you are wrong, sir. <laughs> the floor is yours. Yes. Okay. So I'm sitting here, since we had a Cowboys question early on in the show. We did. I kind of wanted to continue and piggyback off of that. You got into some Dak Prescott conversation. I want to continue that conversation. I have not been a fan of the Dak Prescott contract from the beginning, since you, I think a year me, before they were going to. Both. I know a lot of Cowboys fans at this point are a lot more frustrated than they were probably at the beginning of the contract. Um, but the contract continues until, I believe, next year, correct? Is that is that right? Four-year deal signed in 2021. Yeah, he's got one more deal. One year. One, year one more deal. year left on. So, okay, so the tell me I'm wrong is going to be that Dak Prescott has been – I think by midseason, perennially since signing the contract, except maybe last year, has kind of been in the conversation in people's minds that like, oh, he's he's in the conversation for MVP and stuff until there's a trailing off and people start to be like the conversations restart was like this contract's not worth it. Something needs to be done, that kind of thing. Well, my tell me I'm wrong is despite all that, I think Jerry Jones, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to re-sign Dak Prescott to another uh, team-breaking contract. Uh, You're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why. Dak Prescott does not negotiate. Okay. And what I mean by that, when we did this last time, Cowboys were trying to get a, a, a negotiation done the year before his contract was up. Trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. So it, before you finish, you think or do you think they're going to tag him or cut him? Or not cut him, but let the deal expire. I'll let you finish. Sorry. That's a great question. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> Might have thrown a wrench in. Anyway, no, no, I'll let you keep going. Go ahead. Um, and it's not that – I don't want to put this. Um, he – like Dak held out for everything he wanted and he got it. Yep. Like – and you set that standard. That he you he's gonna say I want to 
10-year, $5 billion deal, and I'm not signing anything other than that. Well, what about a five-year deal in this? No, I want a 10-year deal for $5 billion. Like, and he'll stay, he is a, I don't want to say shrewd, um, but a demanding negotiator and got everything he wanted in the last round. Uh, and it took forever to get there. It took him getting tagged to get there. I And he played under the tag for a year. You're losing me. You asked whether he's going to be signed. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think he's going to be signed because he won't sign. I, I oh. think it will be the, where he, and you ask the tag or cut. I want to say cut. Right. I really, or not cut, but end. But so you think he won't re-sign with the Dallas Cowboys? I think you, he won't sign. Gotcha. Okay. As opposed to the Cowboys try to re-sign. Right. Like okay. whatever the Cowboys offer won't be good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it won't be a good deal because it'll be a terrible deal for the Cowboys. Yeah. But it's going to be that kind of concept that whatever number is in his head that he thinks he is worth because it's his turn to get a big contract, that it won't be what the Cowboys offer, so the signing won't happen. Okay. Is what I think is going to happen. Okay. And then we get to the tag or release. I definitely think that if that – in the possibilities in in that scenario – I think they just tag him again, though, and they can do so for three years before he can escape the contract. I don't think they can. Yeah, three, um, three consecutive years. Because he was tagged once already. I think it's oh, three. So it's still is it three two, total though. or is it three consecutive? Uh, I don't. That's what I I would need I to look up that don't rule. Know that. I don't know off the top of my head. And if somebody on the chat line knows, they are free to to pass that information on. Yeah. I I know that three is part of the equation. Yeah. I don't know if it's three back to back to back or yeah. if it's three total in your career. I don't know I also, where that lies. I also, I also don't know, know don't know where his current contract is in the wording. Some people have it where they can't be tagged. Oh, like a no, yeah, no tag. Like, I don't know if Dak has one or not. It wouldn't surprise me if he did. Mm. I, again, I'd have to do some definite reading into contracts that I don't want to do. Um, so to to know for sure. And sure. if you've done, the, feel free to tell me, and I will take it as gospel off the Yates Learning Center chat line. But tag or release, kind of at that point, that's a great question that I don't know. I think I they the would answer. if if they're able to. I because the other possibilities are try your luck at quarterback, and I mean I don't think there's going to be a, this would be the year that if a quarterback, an able quarterback, is going to fall to them. But they're we discussed earlier, like mid twenties. Yeah, they're not going to fall one that low. Exactly, and so, I don't think you got the draft capital that you can afford with the other holes that you've got to get filled to trade up to get a quarterback where you would need to get one. Let's get Ben's answer for this and and see where that sits before I get to my second thought on okay. this. So repeat the question again, Josh. My tell me I'm wrong is that I don't even remember what I said. Uh, the Cowboys are going to sign Dak Prescott to another team-breaking contract. You are wrong. Okay. The cap casualty with a $54 million hit this season as well as, like you said, Jeff, Dak doesn't negotiate, let alone his agent. So, hold on. You think this is the Cowboys deciding not to re-sign him, or you think Dak Prescott chooses not to re-sign with the team? I mean, it it doesn't matter in the context of the question, but I'm curious. Probably Dak Prescott choosing not to re-sign because they've had this rocky relationship before to the point where they had one franchise tag and then I think another was it was there two or was it just one? I don't one? think they signed. He they was going to be twice. tagged 
the second time, I think, but they were getting a deal. They got a deal done before it was over. But the fact that there was going to be a second tag shows that there's a rocky relationship going correctly. on there. And so I'm going to say you're wrong. Okay. I think that's interesting because I... I think he'll be offered a, a, a cowboy breaking contract. Let's make this clear. Yeah. Like that, I think d- does happen, but it won't be a big enough break. That's mostly where my scenario lies is I think the Cowboys, just because it is Jerry Jones and his history of contract uh, negotiations and what he's known to throw out is prone oh, sure. to throw out and stuff is that it would just be another, you know, contract that cripples the Cowboys for uh, years to come. Um, I did a little bit of research into this. Okay. Okay. And when was we all know that '95 was the last time the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl? That we we are all firmly aware of Super Bowl Thirty. Okay. As the last Cowboys championship. I didn't know it was thirty, but I yeah, the rest of it's accurate. Um, <clears throat> I went back and looked at quarterbacks that participated in the Super Bowl. As in the two quarterbacks that were playing in the Super Bowl each year okay. going back. There are three that are outside of this particular stat. Okay. One of them is Tom Brady. Yeah. One of them is, uh, why am I forgetting his name? He was just there for the San Francisco quarterback. Brock Purdy. And one of them uh, is now playing in Denver. He used to play for Seattle. Okay. Okay, those are the three that are outside of this stat. Those are the only three that are outside of this stat. Every single other quarterback going back that played in the Super Bowl, win or lose, was drafted in the first two rounds. Okay. Now, Tom Brady takes a bunch of those away. Yeah. Because he wasn't drafted in the first two rounds. We all know this. Yep. Um, And he was in a lot of Super Bowls. So there's a lot of opportunities there. Um. You've got Brock Purdy, who was obviously the last pick mm-hmm. in the draft. That is the big story. Yep. You got Russell Wilson, that uh, was a fourth round pick. Fourth round. Like, but those are the three going back to the last time the Cowboys were in the Super Bowl that weren't drafted in the first two rounds. When was the last time the Cowboys drafted a quarterback in the first two rounds? Oh. That's true. The last time the Cowboys drafted a quarterback in the first two rounds? When was the last time they drafted a quarterback? was Troy Eggman when they drafted him number one overall. Right. Interesting. So, I mean, I I understand that you Cowboys don't have the number one draft pick. And you've had some success, and I say some, with guys that you've been able to get either as a non-drafted guy or a fourth-round guy. And I remember the nine guys that it took to get from Troy Aikman to Tony Romo. And I remember how bad those years were. <laughs> Tony Romo's undrafted quarterback. It might be time to hang it up for a year, absolutely tank, and go get your quarterback in the first round. Mm. I would not be upset with that if the Cowboys did that. Fact of the day on the way on 100.7 the score, 107 the score. This has been the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 100-7thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.